Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, like every fifth episode, it's Steph and I sharing our stories with you. And today, we are sharing stories with our friend, Mr. Terry Dismore. You guys, Terry is such a fun man to talk to. He's worked in the radio industry for over 40 years and has so many good stories. Like the time when he was asked to fill in for the morning traffic guy on the radio and had to go up in a tiny helicopter. Now, that didn't sound too bad until he told us he was scared to death of heights. And when he showed up, there were no doors on the helicopter. You guys, Terry actually asked me to share a very personal story about when I was electrocuted at work in 2007. But you guys, I promise it's the only serious story in this episode and the rest are super fun. Can't wait for to hear all of these stories with our friend, Terry Dismore. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in Central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. Welcome to episode 160. 160. And like every fifth episode, it's just us sharing our own stories with family and friends. Yes. And today... We have a guest host. We have a guest friend, Mr. Terry Terry Dismore. We're so happy. Thank you for doing this, Terry. We've already been laughing since he put his headset on. (laughs) Look that funny? Is that what it is? (laughs) Well, immediately, people are going to notice your voice. The radio voice. Thank you very much. But you've actually been in radio for how long? Since 1976. Really? So however long that is. That's, I can't do the mess. Uh, 47 years. Now, I don't do it much now, but I have my own podcast yes. and I have all that kind of stuff going on. I do a Christian rock oldie show every week. Yes. And we're going to put the link to that in our show notes oh, as thanks. well for Final Flight with you and your co-host, Steve. What's his last name? I can't say his Chappelier. last name. Thank you. Chapelier. We call him Chappie. Can you tell Steph how you came across Tell Us a Good Story? Yeah, it was pretty cool. We were having a gourmet meal with our friends, Jeff Kolda and his <gasps> wife, Twyla. I love Jeff and Twyla. Oh, so we were at a fancy restaurant called Bibi Bop. <laughs> and we were High talking. Scale. Yeah, it was, oh man, I'm Very telling you, it's like, uh, you, you know. wear your tuxedo? I did. And I, we had white napkins and the forks were clear. And so we, <laughs> we were sitting there talking about. Just stuff. Jeff is on a nonprofit. I have a nonprofit for a radio station okay. that I'm going to have one day. And he's on the board. Okay. So he's like, oh, have you heard these guys? They go to our church. And I'm like, no, I haven't heard it yet. So I, I get, get to the car. I put it in my podcast addict app that I've got on my phone. And I didn't think about it for a day or two. And I pull it up. And I don't know. This is two or three years ago. So I don't know the first one I listened to. And I punch it up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now, I've been in the radio business 47 years, you know, and I'm like, I'd put these guys on the morning show because you'd wake people up. I mean, you know, you got, <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. Terry, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Here's the thing that I always recognize is that people find talent and personality more interesting than professionalism. Because you all don't, I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. You're not professional. We are not trained to do this by any means. Right? And I I mean that in a nice way. It's like, hey, 
this just sounds natural, like you're having an interesting conversation with somebody, which is what it should sound like. So the three things that I teach people about radio is it needs to be personality, entertainment, and a sense of community. So when I listen to Tell Us a Good Story, I feel like I know you guys. I know about the kids. I know about your friends. Yes. I know about the people you've talked to. So that's the sense of community. It's like, I belong to a club. I know Tell Us a Good Story. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in uh, doing Final Flight one night, and I'm... Our co-host, Steve, comes up and he goes, hey, have you heard this podcast called Tell Us a Good Story? And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and he goes, well, what do you think? They're personal friends of mine. <laughs> He's like, oh, my gosh, they're so good. He think, you think we could ever get them to come do Final Flight? And I said, I don't know. So I picked up the phone and I texted you and yes. I said, would you like to come do it? And he goes, yep. Oh, I can't believe we're getting them. I'm like... Yeah, I know them. They're <laughs> friends. We go to church together. You know. But unfortunately, they had to settle for me. Couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I had the kids. Unfortunately, that night. Mm-hmm. You so, would have a great time, though, because we're, we're, there's some antics that go on. I do want to thank you publicly, because about a year and a half ago, you reached out to us, and you said kind of what you just mentioned. Because, as you know, Steph and I, we're not trained for this. I mean, I'm a CPA. I'm a finance guy. Steph, you're a registered nurse. We're not trained for this. Mm-hmm. So for you to reach out and give us encouragement and tell us how proud you were of us yeah. made the world to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It meant oh, the thanks. world to us because you didn't nitpick like, hey, I don't like the sound of this or the hardware you're using is garbage or you didn't do any <laughs> of that, right? But all you said was, hey, I'm here to help. You just let me know. Yeah. If you want to have lunch, let's do lunch and I will help you out any way I can. No, I mean, seriously, it's it's... I, when I heard it the first time, I'm not kidding. I'm like, I would put you guys on. You know, I'd have to show you how to do some stuff, but I would put you, because that's why I think the show's popular is because people listen and they're like, this is a couple that, re- that you like each other. You talk a lot. You you have this overwhelming laugh. You energy. Know, and the energy yes. that you bring to it. And and you you do your research so well. Oh, he does. thank you. I'm wondering if he's going to have. Oh, you just wait. I don't have have fun fun facts. I'm sorry. I do not have fun facts. Did he tell you I had fun facts for him? He he did it. He loved it. So listeners, Terry and his co-host Steve invited me to be a guest on their radio show, Final Flight. Mm -hmm. And I show up and I didn't know what to expect. They didn't really tell me a whole lot, but they gave a list of fun facts about me. And of course, I do that for all of our guests, right? Mm -hmm. And that blew me away. I was so shocked and I, I loved it. And oh, that was shit. such a nice surprise, Terry. That oh, was such a nice good. surprise. We just, I admire you guys. I think, uh, you know, I was talking about the personality you're entertaining. Entertaining means to inform with delight. Mm. And you all are delightful to listen to. Thank so, you. They, I've yeah. been, so I've been prepping for the show today. You I've prepped? been listening. Yes, I did. Of course I did. Of wow. course I did. Because, I, you know, I don't want to be like, well, what do you all do? You know? Terry, I don't think you would ever have a problem I don't think with so either. that. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's an issue. I guess what they're saying is I talk a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. And I, so when I started in the radio business, can I tell you the story? Okay. So thank goodness for Shirley Ritchie. Now I was going to Scottsburg high school, little bitty town in Southern Indiana. And I was writing a note to my girlfriend, Alice. Okay. And in English class. And she came up and put the, you know, when they tap the, tap the desk. And I'm like, uh, yes, ma'am. She goes, I need to see you after class. So after class, she goes, listen, the guy from the radio station here called today, and they're looking for 
somebody that will do a monthly high school report. Would you be interested in that? I'm like, yes. I always wanted to be in radio. And okay. it fascinated me. When we lived in Kentucky, there was a radio station. I thought, boy, if I could ever do that. And I think God hears you. you know, right. And he prepares you for that type of thing. So I love to read. I could read out loud and all that kind of stuff. Because it's amazing how hard it is to go from it's on a page to out loud. Right. Because some people just can't do it. Yes. So we go down to the office, and the guy goes, well, I'm really looking for somebody to do part-time work. Would you be interested? I'm like, uh, yep. So that's what I did. Did you have the voice then? No, I did not. Okay. That's what I sounded like, a little higher and a little bit more country. How long did it take? Was this like in your 20s when you finally got this radio voice? Oh, I don't know. Six or eight months later, I was in the band director, Mr. Knauer. I was sitting in his office. I played saxophone, still do, and I played drums. And so we'd go in and just sit and talk in the morning before school. And uh, I said, hey, Mr. Knauer, did you hear me on the radio last night? He goes, yep. Ismore, you sound like a hick. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I don't neither. (laughs) So... Uh, I determined after that. And I've got tapes from like the first year or so. I didn't take myself very often. And I really have a higher voice. Really? I sound like that. Yeah. Okay. So so I worked on it then. But I never tried to get rid of all the accent because for one, you your accent comes in grade school, you know. So I love dialects. I love okay. all that kind of stuff. Well, I ask you about your voice because yes. my dad has a deep bass voice. He's been part of like quartets, gospel groups, all of that. Like this really deep, amazing voice. And so unfortunately, I did not get that. (laughs) That was one thing I did not get. So this is like as good as it gets in regards to how low I can go. But Terry, in high school, it started my freshman year, my voice started changing. And I thought I was going to have my dad's deep voice. And of course, it didn't happen. But my voice, I was like Peter Brady where it was, it would crack nonstop, <laughs> nonstop. So this started my freshman year in high school. Yeah, I get to college and it didn't stop. I met Steph at age 24 and my voice was still cracking and it would get worse if I got nervous. Yeah. So my freshman year in college, <laughs> I'm in a public speaking class and of course I get up there and I didn't realize at that point how it would get worse when I, when I would get nervous until yeah. this moment. So I get up there, I'm the only freshman in the class that's all juniors and seniors. I'm giving this presentation on the new HD TVs that are coming out, that new technology. And so I get up there and I start saying the new HD TV. And it was <laughs> Terry. Let me rethink by, this whole thing about putting you on the radio. By, <laughs> by the end, it was every other word. I understand. It was every other word. My voice is cracking. Oh, so, Kevin. Oh, poor fella. So I get my backpack. I put my head down. I'm just like <laughs> leaving this class as soon as I can. Well, these two senior girls walked out and like tapped me on the shoulder and like, hey, I just want you to know, you were doing so good until about midway point, but... <laughs> That was a really good presentation. Of course, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, well, and you, yeah. oh, so yeah. my voice did not stop cracking and stop, not stop changing until I think you and I got married. Yeah. So from the age you brought 15, that out of me, I did. There you're you go. welcome. Way to, way to you're go welcome, there. That's America. Awesome. Yes. An entire decade, <laughs> and it's st- I still didn't end up with this deep voice like my dad. I thought that's what was taking so long. Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay. I want a builder who's an expert in what they do. It's going to be honest with me 
and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. So we did go to lunch. Mm. You invited me to lunch, and which was very kind. And you were telling me some stories, Terry, yeah. about what you've done in radio. And one of the first jobs you had was as like a helicopter radio control guy, yeah. right? Yeah. And I did not tell stuff the story because I wanted you to kind of share because I thought this was hysterically funny of like one of the first jobs you get is you are in a helicopter doing the air traffic control, right? Yeah. Can you please share some of those stories with stuff? So you know how the traffic guys are on. on 100%, radio, so. yes. And I, I'm going to correct just a little bit. This was pretty far into my radio career. Okay. But I'd never flown in a helicopter before. So one day I get a call from the boss and he goes, hey, uh, the guy's off today and sick and you do traffic. Well, I love maps and I like airplanes and okay, so that's the end of my knowledge right there. <laughs> and so you don't know what you don't know what you're signing up for. I had no idea because the helicopter we flew in was called a Bell 47. You've seen MASH, the TV show? Yes. Okay. So they don't have the doors. No doors. No, they do in the winter. Okay. But not in the summer. And I am terrified of heights. <laughs> terrified. <laughs> ah, I don't even like to stand up. It's a little too high for me. You know what I'm saying? So we get to the helicopter place and we get in the thing and it's small. It's got a bench seat in it and it's me and the pilot and I'm heavier than the pilot, shockingly. So now we've got to fly sideways all the time. <laughs> So we take off and we and so you fly and this is this was Louisville. We fly around. We describe what's going on on the ground. This is a traffic accident here. First thing you don't know, and you'll notice this the next time you fly in an airplane, that when you look down, let's say I seventy one, when you're taking off from Port Columbus, that it looks like there's just this monster line of traffic that goes for forty miles. No, it's just the way the headlights look when you're. 800 feet above them. Okay. Oh. So there's not all this. So I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a traffic tie-up that goes to Lexington. <laughs> every you know? road. Yeah. Yes. Every, every road, road has a traffic jam. Traffic yeah. jam. Just, just stay home today, guys. <laughs> just stay home. Go back to Mary Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was one thing. And then, and the other was that I, again, like I said, I was terrified of heights. So this one summer day, we would fly with the doors off because it's it's a bubble of plexiglass, so it's nine thousand degrees in there. If you don't, if you if, oh, it's and true. it's an air cooled engine, so in the winter it's like driving in a Volkswagen, but you're eight hundred feet in the air and there's no heat. So we're flying now. This helicopter they used was a trainer helicopter. So where I sat on the right side, it had the pedals and it had a little dome where a stick would go. And then my radio package at the time was about the size of a large, thick laptop, so maybe four inches thick, and it sat on a board between my legs, so I kind of straddled it a little bit. I could stretch out. It wasn't like I was cramped or anything. What I didn't know was there was a plug that plugged it into the helicopter, so we had power and we had an air antenna and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I'm flying along, and the guy that was on the ears named Terry as well comes to me goes hey Terry what's uh, traffic look like today and I flip the mic on nothing <laughs> Terry are you there <laughs> nothing you know I'm saying words but I ain't coming out over the radio so I look down and the plug is about half an inch above the floor and it's unplugged they had taken it out that day to train somebody how to fly the helicopter and when they put it back in they didn't plug it all the way in and I didn't know to check it right 
rookie. Filling and, in, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just lean down. <clears throat> Boy, I can't reach quite all the way down there. And, and I couldn't. And it was, I'm sure it was because the seatbelt was too tight. Had to be. <laughs> nah, yeah, it couldn't be because I've got a gut. And so I look at the pilot and, and we have headsets like you guys have, have a microphone on. So I could hear him and he could hear me. And I said, I'm going to have to unbuckle for a minute so that I can lean down and plug this in. So we're flying south from southern Indiana over to Louisville. There's a river, the Ohio River, that goes through there. So we're flying along, and I unbuckle myself. The door's off. There's oh my no gosh. door. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm holding on to the seatbelt for dear life like that's going to help. Yeah. Can you, uh, can you hold on to the seatbelt? And so I'm holding on, and I reach down to plug that in, and I finally reach it and kind of tap it in a little bit, and we hit an air pocket. Oh, no. And I'm like, uh, like that. And so here's a key thing. If you're ever in a helicopter... Move slowly until your head gets used to it because equilibrium has a lot to do with what's going on in your inner ear. And, like, I didn't get violently ill, but I turned as pale as a white wall. It was awful. <laughs> and the pilot looks at me and goes, are you okay? I'm like, I don't think so. He said, yeah, we better go back to the hangar. So we turn around and go back to the hangar. I can do my reports from there. So two hours later, I get home, <laughs> and I walk in the door, and they's like, Baby, where are your freckles? I was so pale, my freckles disappeared. I was so sick. And I was so they offered me the job to fly in the helicopter a few weeks later. And I'm like, uh, nope. Uh, the other thing was they would practice this thing called auto rotation. So a helicopter, if the engine falls out of it, will still fly. Okay. Most people don't know that. No. Have you ever been in a, you ever been in a helicopter? I haven't either. So it'll fly like a maple leaf. So okay. you know how oh. when you drop a maple, maple okay. seed, yep. it'll spin? Yep. So... They have a way to do that, and you, you crash, but it's a controlled crash. Okay. So they have to practice that. So you're flying along at like eight 900 feet, and they take the throttle and just roll it off. And so all of a sudden, you just drop. Well, why are they doing that with you in there? They can do that when you're not. Yeah, right? I thought so, but they're like, well, you need to get used to it. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> you're like, how many times does this happen? Yeah, yeah. and right. it turns out about six weeks after I didn't take the job, they were flying along. And the uh, engine just threw a rod, so it just stopped. And they're like, they had to perform one of those in real life. Thankfully, the guy that was doing the job had been through one. Because you really do want to know what's yes. going on. You don't want to yes. feel like, ah, I scream right. like a little girl. Right. Or in my case, a big girl. You don't want <laughs> to scream. And so, so I didn't do that very long. It wasn't for me. Question from the okay, peanut gallery. A couple of questions. So when you're going in circles, do you feel like you're on a roller coaster or it's so long of a it's circle? Controlled. Yeah, that it's not like that. Like the scrambler. It was, Yeah, it wasn't the scrambler. Uh-huh. Although some days it would feel like that. It, it's kind of like being in an airplane when you go through turbulence. It feels like that. So it's it's weird. Okay. I've got, I've got multiple questions. I, from have, that, so. I have more questions, too. Go ahead. i got answers. Has there ever been, like, when you're, like, reporting traffic and then all of a sudden, like, you're death gripping your seatbelt or, or, like, you feel like you're going to fall out <laughs> of the plane? Yeah. Or yeah. helicopter? <laughs> Every day. You just control yourself. <laughs> you're just like, you sound like somebody's trying to not panic. And it's live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's live. It's a 50,000-watt AM station with 200,000 people listening at any one time. Oh, and my I'm like, gosh. Honestly, you don't think about that. You think like you're sitting here. We're talking to who knows how many right. thousands of people yes. right now, and yet I'm just really just talking to you guys. Correct. When you start thinking about the crowd, you're, you're in trouble. Done. But I've done public speaking for years, and it was like, I don't pay any attention to that. As you all like to say, go about your marriage. <laughs> 
okay, so that first time, yeah. are they like, if I have a heart attack here, mm-hmm. here's what you got to do? Because yeah. it's just you two. Do they give oh, you I any instructions on, hey? I didn't either. Well, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> here's what you got to do to maple leaf it down to the ground. Did, oh, because my it's gosh, you Kevin. Yeah, I didn't no. think about Nothing. that. Nothing. Okay. And these are all, so they're all from, Fort Knox is close to Louisville. Mm-hmm. And so these are all Army helicopter pilots. So they can handle anything. Yes. And they're used to handling a much bigger helicopter than this. I'm sure. You know, it's just like, yeah, we'll be all right. And one day, one of the pilots was like, would you take the stick for a minute while I blow my nose? I'm sure. And, and I'm holding it. <laughs> and I said, can I, can I move it? And he goes, yeah. And I just twitched my thumb like that. I barely moved it in the whole helicopter. Really? That's how sensitive it was. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be flying this. But no, I never thought of that. that <laughs> that's great. I could... Uh, well, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? I know. I'm going to fly to a field somewhere and hope that I survive. Yeah. The other thing I thought was, <laughs> when you accepted this job, is your wife immediately upping the life insurance policy <laughs> as, soon, <laughs> as soon as you accept it, Terry? No. You know what? It never, I, seriously, because we were younger then, it never dawned on us. It was like, it's just another part of the job. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing was, same helicopter, same radio station, there was a devastating tornado that went across Louisville okay. long before I was ever there. This guy was flying the helicopter, which means he was talking to the tower and flying the helicopter and describing this tornado that he was following across <laughs> Louisville oh, like a, like he was riding a bucking Bronco because I'm absolutely sure it was windy. Oh, oh. can you imagine? No, no and, it's, and it's a famous radio story in, in that era. And he saved lives that day. I bet he did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Was his life spared? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so he, he was fine. And he flew several more years after that. I never got to meet him, but he was good. That would be awful if you just asked Terry that. He's like, oh, yeah, he passed he away. Totally, like, he totally got sucked in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was it's sucked. a famous story. <laughs> you guys should look, go read it. Read up on it. <laughs> when you asked about, like, oh, I hope this is a good ending. It totally here. was. It was a good ending. Totally was. Ending. If not, no. just make it up, Terry, please. We're yeah, not going like, to uh, fact check here. He survived. <laughs> all right, Steph, I'm going to test you again here. What is your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, it's the Bible, Kevin. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. Very good. This time, you didn't say the book we wrote called You Met Her Where. But it's still a really good book. That is true. And it would make a great gift for friends or relatives on their birthday or for Christmas. Friends, you can order your copy of our book titled You Met Her Where at KevinAndSteph.com. And we will make sure to personally sign a copy for you or whoever you want. And as always, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. Okay, so you have a lot of experience dealing with radio. Mm -hmm. What's one of the craziest moments that you've had or a crazy live situation? Because live stuff makes me nervous. For example, when you, we weren't doing it live. When you guys asked me to be a guest on your show, you don't do a lot of editing, Uh -uh. which made me nervous because I say a lot of dumb stuff. (laughs) Well, we do too, but it doesn't bother us. Steph is shaking her head. Absolutely, he does. (laughs) That's way to be a supportive wife, Steph. Way to jump in there. I have editorial control where if I say something stupid, Mm -hmm. we can edit it out, right? So with you being on live for years, do you have any funny situations of something that took place live? Oh, yeah. A couple of things. Uh, So one was, and I won't say the word. Okay. But we had, remember the show I was telling you about earlier where we had people call in and buy and sell and trade things? Yes. Yes. Okay. So that was called Over the Back Fence. And the whole deal with Over the Back Fence is you would call in, and I would flip a button and push the mic up, and you're on. Okay. No delay. 
Really? You, you catching my picture here? Yes. Mm-hmm. No seven, seven <laughs> no second delay. seven second delay. <laughs> and I'm 17. So I push the mic up over the back fence. You're on the air. And this guy goes, yeah, I got a whole backyard full of firewood for sale. And he used a word that I won't use here. And it is the word. It is the major <laughs> word. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> So I did what anybody would do. I said, "Pardon me," yeah. and I let him. I let him say it again. And I said, "I said, all right, that's what I thought you said. We'll be back after this from Cooney's Grocery." And I hit a commercial. I'm like, "Oh, I know. I'm sweating bullets." And then nobody calls. The boss didn't come in. Nothing happened. I'm like, "Oh, good." So anyway, that was that was the first one. Uh, when I was on the air, we had some leeway of things that we could do. Okay. And I was on this big radio station, so I would play a game called Quiz the Diz. And it was, you could ask me a question at trivia. Okay. And if you stumped me, I'd give you a prize. And it was normally a derby pie, chocolate nut pie baked exclusively by Kern's Kitchen. I gave away enough of those. I memorized that a long time ago. <laughs> so does it have to be a specific topic? No. Really, anything? No, anything. Okay. Because yeah, most people, the trivia they know is general trivia that everybody knows. Mm. Okay. You know, it's, it's kind of general knowledge. So the first one I did, this lady calls in. She said, yeah. So uh, what were the colors of my wedding? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is not the purpose of this game. And I'm going to guess black and blue. <laughs> I'm just, I didn't know what to say to her. So after that, I made that into the intro to the show. It needs to be general trivia. But that was a fun game, and that was live. As a matter of fact, I rarely ever taped anything because I liked to get the interaction with the people. Okay. And you learn after a while, if they've got a twinkle in their eye, that they've got something funny to say or they're going to be dirty. Oh, and yes. Like, or, you know, of course, you can't see their eye. It's on the phone, and you're like, you kind of watch that. Because I would do that on Christian radio. I'd let people on. And you'd get you'd get people and hey you want a brand new album from Michael W Smith thanks <laughs> and I'd be like your enthusiasm's almost too much for the radio today I'd make fun of them did you ever screen somebody or someone then they get on live radio and they say yeah. something else and you take care of that pretty quick would you oh okay. yeah yeah we take that care of that pretty quick and and so I produced a talk show for a long time that was a, another guy doing the talk show so I was just hitting buttons. And taking screening calls and okay. putting it up on the screen, who's calling. So one night, he had this uh, guy call in, and it was during a time in Kentucky, they were trying to decide whether you should have to wear seatbelts or not. This used to be a thing. And uh, the mayor was on, and this guy, he was asking a question. He said, do you think this is right? And the mayor's like, yeah, I, you know, I really agree with that. Well, then you can just go to... And, <laughs> and I'm said, mayor? And said this to the mayor of Louisville. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> I'm letting it go. But the host dumped it. I'm like, no, no. You know why I would have let it go? It's because it showed the idiocy of the person making the comment. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He was just not there. So, Terry, you sent me a text and said, hey, one thing that you could talk about is one of your favorite days on the radio. And I know just a little bit about this, but can you share this story yeah. about what happened that day? Now, it's not fun. Okay. But in my mind, it's one of the greatest things I ever got to do. So. Okay. Uh, the radio station I was on in Louisville, WHAS, it was a 50,000-watt AM, so everybody listened to it. Okay. Uh, still do. It's still a popular station. What year would this have been? Uh, it was 98, 
Okay. I'm fairly sure. Might have been 97. Okay. And so we had a radar screen next to the board, but it was just black and white with a, a plastic overlay. It wasn't fancy like you see stuff today. And it's a radio station, so who cares about the radar, you know? Yeah. So I'm subbing for the afternoon guy whose name I mentioned earlier was is Terry. Mm-hmm. And uh, about 4.30, we start getting weather warnings that there's a storm approaching. And so from 4.30 on, we had weather alerts. There was a tornado that came south of town, went across I-65, which is a major north-south expressway through there, blowing trucks over. Oh. And houses and warehouses and all this stuff. And I'm on the air describing verbally where it is and where it's going and what to watch out for and having the weather guy on and having the helicopter person up and people calling in and giving reports of where they are and all this stuff. And I mean, it is just intense and it's live and I'm running everything, every button and, you know, making sure commercials are in and making sure that the weather's getting out and all this kind of stuff. So seven o'clock comes, and I was supposed to get off at seven. I'm, I've, and it sounds weird. I'm only going since four thirty to seven. Doesn't sound long, but it was just constant, intense. Oh my gosh! So probably nothing like what you've dealt with as a nurse, but to me it was an intense. Yeah. And I knew that I had two hundred thousand people listening, and they needed correct information. Yes. Right. And I, if I gave wrong information, it could cost somebody their life. So. I get 7 o'clock comes, and Tony, the guy that does the sports show that starts at 7, comes in, old friend, used to be my boss. I said, man, I'm glad you're here. I'm exhausted. And he goes, oh, I can't do what you're doing. (laughs) And I'm like, so you want me to do your show too? And he goes, yeah, can you do that? I'm like, yes, I can. And at 9 o'clock, I got done. By then, it had everything calmed down. down. Now we're getting damage reports and all this kind of stuff. So I'm on the – and I mean, at 9 o'clock, I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm done. Mentally, yeah. And we, uh, I sent Kevin a uh, a link to a, a, somebody posted some of the audio on YouTube years ago. And I, I didn't know that. I never knew that that was up there until a few years ago. I was just scrolling through. I thought, oh, that's where I used to work. I wonder who's on that day. And I flip it on. And it's my voice. Wow. And, well, and, yeah. Terry, I can honestly say in my entire career, I've never had somebody tell me I'd say live that day. Yeah. <laughs> but you, Steph, I'm sure you have. You I have. have. I yeah. never, no one has ever told me that. I don't know. Occasionally, you probably get an accounting thing. Man, you saved my life. You saved my business. Yeah. 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 See? It's almost the same thing. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. So, Stephanie, I got a question for mm-hmm. you. When you were in the operating room mm-hmm. and you got electrocuted, mm-hmm. I've heard you tell the story before, but what was going through your mind when that happened? Do you remember? Oh, absolutely. So, if you guys don't know, I was a surgical nurse and my specialty was neuro, so I did a lot of brain and back cases, and I was preparing for a back case for this next surgeon. And I got a, a call and they said, hey, can you cover for a nurse who needs to go to the restroom? Absolutely. No problem. So I grabbed my scrub tech. I was in the operating room watching the doctors perform the brain surgery. And when I was there, I was like, oh, I need this piece of equipment for my back case. Are you guys using it? No. Perfect. So I looked at this tower that handled this piece of equipment 
And when I went to find the wire so I could unplug it, I shifted the wire. And when I did, mm. um, an electrical current went through my right index finger, traveled up my arm, and just dispersed throughout my whole body. Oh. At that point, loud pops went throughout the OR and sparks went throughout everywhere. So my first thought is, oh my gosh, what just happened? And then sparks in an oxygen-rich environment is actually what my head went to. Not good. Not good at all. So by the grace of God, I actually survived, which I should have killed me instantly. And then second, I'm like, could the OR just have blown up right here? So immediately the, the surgery stopped and everyone just whoosh looked at me and they're like, are you okay? And I just felt weird. I felt off. And at that point, a nurse came in who I actually relieved. And by the grace of God, it wasn't her in that OR because she had had five or six miscarriages. She was carrying her baby and she had to go to the restroom because she was four or five months long. So just God is so good. But unfortunately, you know, it did happen to me. And when my scrub tech and I left, she just turned to me and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm going to sound like a hypochondriac, but I said, my head feels staticky. And the reason why it felt staticky is because all of my brain cells were being fried instantly at that moment. So the whole front of my brain and the whole left part of my brain were completely fried. Oh, wow. And they smelled you. Yeah. Did they really? When people started coming in, hearing about the situation, checking on me, you know, they were from me to you, what, a few feet? And they're like, Stephanie, I can smell you. Like the permeation of burnt flesh was just coming through me. But if you would look at me, I was completely fine. So, you know, we were getting ready for this back case. People were starting to hear. And there's a certain gentleman that handled our neuro equipment. He comes back in the room and he's like, you've got to check this out. By that time, the surgery was done. The patient was fine. They wheeled him off to go to ICU. And I come back and the OR had black ash and residue covering the floors. 10 to 15 feet, they were just scattered, black ash, covering the floors, covering the walls. In surgery, we have something called metal sleds. And these sleds look like little toboggans, but they use it to tuck the arms in so the surgeon can walk around the whole body without the arms having to be in his way. So these metal sleds were right where I was at, and they were stacked on top of each other. And three holes had blasted through those two metal sleds. So they just, the amount of voltage that I received that day, which should have killed me, but by the grace of God, I survived. Oh, wow. I, so. I asked that for a reason because I've I've been interested in that story. Mm-hmm. Never heard all of it, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've told it. So it means I haven't listened to every podcast. We actually, <laughs> we actually have haven't. not shared that on our podcast. Mm-mm. Well, and the reason I say that is we all have things that are traumatic or that that affect us for the rest of our lives, and we don't think about them at the moment because that happened in instant. Mm-hmm. Right. We change in an instant, and as we get older, we forget to look for those instants. And I'm not saying you need to go out and grab a plug and see if you can get electrocuted. That's not my point. Mm-hmm. But we, we stop looking for it. We don't, we don't find that wonder. And I think when you all decided to start doing this podcast was one of those instances. Because you just are like, we ought to do that. I, really. Initially, it was, you've got to write a book. You've got to write a book to share this story. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Then it became, how do we promote the book? And Amelia was, it just came to my mind when I was praying. And every time I was in church... 
tell us a good story. Tell us a good story. And initially, <laughs> Terry, this is a touchy subject with my wife. All right. But initially, here we go. I didn't think of Steph as a co-host. I, I can understand that. Just you don't think that way. People don't think that way. And so Steph and I, we did a pilot. And I didn't know what Steph was going to be like when they turned the mic on. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people in my professional career, in Fortune 500 companies, get up front to present. Yeah. They have big personalities. And when they get up front, they freeze up. Yeah. And it's like, where did your personality go? Yeah. Now, that hasn't happened with you, has it? I, I, I haven't. I haven't slammed up. It has not. I have not. No. It has not. Surprisingly not. I've I been fine. I love it when you get somebody that's on a Zoom call with you guys that doesn't know you. You know, and it's somebody well known, and they're like, "Man, you all are so full of energy." Because you are, you are, you bring that. I like that, though. Thank I mean, you. I, you know, my wife and I met when she was in a comedy troupe. Okay, and I was the MC of a Christian concert, and so we we're joking around. So we've always been like that. Yeah. So I brought her in a long time ago. I'm like, I want you to do a spot for me, a commercial. Okay, so she comes in and she's reading it, and there's just nothing to it. I mean. You all both know my wife. Yes. She's she's uh, amazing. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. And I think so. We've been married 38 years this year, and it's like you now you have to tell your wife that wasn't good. <laughs> I want you to think about that for a minute. So I'm like, okay, can you try that again? So she reads it again, and I haven't recognized yet what's going on. Do it again. Still the same thing. And I went, oh, I know what it is. You're not moving your hands. And she said, oh, I didn't think I could. I thought people would hear it on the mic. I'm like, no, move your hands. Be natural. And be natural. Anyway, Nays does spots for me all the time now where it's just, it sounds, it's a natural voice. She doesn't have a trained radio voice, but she's got a natural voice. That's what I want. So with us, I didn't know what it was going to be like. Yeah. And so we did, I think, an eight-minute mm-hmm. pilot. And I listened to it, and I was like, okay, if that's the worst <laughs> we're going to be, I can live with that. <laughs> And Steph, you were super nervous because people are going to hear this. This isn't like we're selling tires or something, well, right? Well, that's the thing is, like, when he asked me, I'm trying to be supportive of my husband. like, yeah. But we're very private people. So when he wanted to write the book, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to know our life. Like, we're, we just don't talk about our life. We yeah. always talk about other, other people. people. We want to talk about other people. We don't want people to need to know about li- our lives. Like, who cares about Kevin and Steph? Like, like no big deal. So I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to talk about? He's like, well, we need to tell our stories. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I don't want people to know more about us. They're going to be, they're going to be annoyed with us. They're not going to like our stories. We have nothing to say. Okay. I'm like, how long do we need to talk? He's like, let's just try to talk like eight or 10 minutes. I'm like, Kevin, we don't talk like that in a day. How are we supposed (laughs) to talk like that in a row? In a row. In a row. Yeah. Like, are there commercials in this eight (laughs) minutes? Like, is there an intro, outro? Yes. Yeah. So... I was super nervous. And I think the whole point is just like putting ourselves out there. Yeah. Because it was so humbling. It was scary. We haven't done it so before. We've never we've done not, it before. We've not trained to do this. So that's what made it even more scary. And it's like, okay, we're trusting God for this mm-hmm. because this is not in our real house yeah. at all. And so what I did, Terry, was all the professional experience that I had, I kind of took those lessons and tools here. And like you said, I appreciate the compliment earlier about researching, right? Oh, so yeah. the focus that I have on putting an annual forecast together, budgets, all of that, I put towards researching a guest. Yeah. And then the other thing is when I was in Express, for example, or JP Morgan Chase, the roles I was in, Terry, is I was the finance guy. So I would have to go and talk to the head of IT, the VP of marketing, the 
controller, all the executives. Everywhere I went, Terry, I would have to customize and tailor my communication style to them. Yeah. Because a marketing person is not necessarily financially savvy, right? right? They're just very creative. You go into another executive and you have to tailor your communication completely different. And I can't remember who we're talking to. It may have been Jenny Britton Bauer. The, From Jenny's the, Ice the Cream. The founder yeah. of Jenny's Ice Cream. I love that podcast. That Thank good. you. Yeah. And so I think we got off that conversation and it hit me like, oh my gosh, has God been preparing me for this? this entire time because we have to customize and we have to tailor how we talk to every single guest because it's not like we're just talking to sports people or just business people or whatever. We've had to tailor how we talk to every guest and how we kind of communicate. So I really tailor myself, (laughs) I think, with each one. I make sure I tailor. That's just the guest with screaming at them. (laughs) Pretty much. Well, because there's some guests that would be like, what's wrong with her? (laughs) Oh, they do. But They actually do. (laughs) But here's the deal. And, and, And I appreciate what you said there because, as a matter of fact, I started doing the podcast I do for myself, and it's really for me. I'd, I'd started doing it so I could prove to myself that I could talk 15 minutes at a time on a subject. Okay. Because when you don't do it for a while, you're like, I wonder if I can really do that. I bet, yeah. And then when you all started this, you know, you're like, I don't even know if we can do it at all. So the, the great thing, and I, I know this sounds like a butter-up podcast here. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, they don't owe me any money. <laughs> they uh, And I don't owe them any. I might have. That's true. Yes. So maybe that would have been a better way to say it. But, you know. But I began to think about what are the possibilities of that podcast? Because you're not solving a mystery. You're not telling a continuous story. The only thing right. continuous in the podcast is you two. They're attracted to personality. And so between the two of you, you have individual personalities and that's what I like. I don't see that on radio much anymore. I see people trying to be personalities that aren't. Mm-hmm. But in the in the mix of personalities that you all have, it's just attractive to listen to the story. Steve told me something. Steve Chapelier, my co-host on Final Flight, and he said, I have never heard one of their podcasts that wasn't interesting. Really? Aww. Yeah. And I haven't either. I've had some that I've skipped over because I don't know whether that'd be interesting, and then I'll go back to them. And it's like, wow, you did a good job because you're bringing your skills to the table and you're bringing your skills to the table and they add up to a unique set of skills. Mm-hmm. So that's what I like seeing. You all been through some stuff. You can hear it in the intro to the podcast and yet you bring out the best of each other. I oh, love that. Thanks, well, thank you. Terry. Kevin, did you know the two things I love to do is eat and support small businesses? That is correct. And Snacks with a Twist checks both boxes. From specialty pretzels to sweet treats like peanut butter bark and our kids' favorite Buckeye Marshmallow Pops, this store is a one-stop shop for snacks, treats, and gifts. You guys will not be disappointed with anything you purchase, and they will ship it to your doorstep. They are a proud sponsor of Tell Us a Good Story. Well, one thing we do want to ask you about yeah, yeah. is you and your wife have a business. Yeah. Snacks yeah. with a twist. Snacks with a twist. Yes. Can you please talk about that for a second? Sure. So, Nate, my wife is from a family of 16 kids. <laughs> oh, which I'm, The first Christmas I was over there, when we were dating, I'm like, my eyes were so big. I'm like, I don't even have this many people in my family that was on the couch. <laughs> that's, many, that's how many people are on this sectional. Wait, I want to know. Are they all like same marriage? Yep. Same Wait, mom. 16 kids. Oh, listen to this. You, you're a nurse. You'll love this. Same mom, same dad, single births. No twins. No, no twins. I called, <laughs> I called my mother-in-law, who just passed away a couple of years ago. I called her the Play-Doh machine. <laughs> I was like, there's another one, you know. Oh my just gosh. every two years or every year. And so Nay's number 10. 
She had two of the children died in infancy. One was a week old, one was a month old. Wait a second. So there was 16, yeah. then, there, then there was 14. Yeah, there were so there, And there are 13 of them still alive. Nay's number 10, and she's my age. She's in her 60s. Uh, didn't live a good life, but she had to learn to cook. And she also went to a Christian school up in Rhode Island, uh, Zion Bible Institute, not there anymore, but she was in charge of fixing food sometimes. Okay. So our pastor, Gary Cassie, one day in church was like, have you had an idea about a business you've never followed up on? And they's like, you know, I make these spicy pretzels all the time. I ought to try that. So she started making them for people. And we decided right then we were going to learn from people that were good at it. For one, we were going to do it in a commercial kitchen so we could ship anywhere we wanted to. And we paid attention to Cheryl Kruger, who started Cheryl's Cookies. Yes. And she said, one of her quotes is, you eat with your eyes. You eat with your eyes first. If it doesn't look appealing, who's going to eat it? And so we made packaging that looked good and the pretzels looked good. Well, anyway, that started nine years ago. And she has come out. We have 38 different items that we make now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Now, we don't make them all, all the time. But there are 38 item codes that we have. And she doesn't make the original pretzels anymore. She doesn't make the spicy anymore. We, so we have cinnamon. We have cinnaboom, which is a cinnamon pretzel with a little bit of twist to it. It's got a little cayenne in it. Okay. And so it's like you're eating it. So oh, it's good. It tastes like And then boom. <laughs> <laughs> delayed <laughs> effect. Yeah, it's a delayed effect. <laughs> And then uh, we've got Fiesta Taco, which is really good. She's got dill pickle. Dill pickle. Didn't want to make them. Really? Yeah, we were both like, yeah, that would be awful. And so her sister, her youngest sister, kept insisting, I want you to do this. So Nay finally was like, okay, I'll make some. So she makes a pan of our pans of pretzels or three pounds of them. So she makes three pounds of them. And there were some people in the kitchen that day. She said, will you try these? These don't even sound good to me. So she, she'd made them without tasting them. And handed them these folks, and they, were, they ate half the pan. What? Yeah. And we knew that's our bestseller now. Dill the pickle dill pickle one is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys ship throughout the country? Yeah. We've even shipped to Europe. We got on a somehow on a wholesale site in Europe, and we've shipped to, I say Europe, it's Iceland, Scandinavia. So oh, my gosh. Not like Germany or anything, but yeah. you know, and... Uh, all over the country. I think we're at 42 states now. Something okay. Like that. Are you really? Yeah. And, yeah. Isn't that cool? Snackswiththetwist.com. Snackswiththetwist. Give them a shot. Yes. And I appreciate that. You all didn't have to mention that. I appreciate it. Well, you know what I love about it? I love that it's homemade from scratch. The pretzels, they're so good, but I don't have a guilty feeling eating them because they're pretzels. Yeah. Right? They're like, they're not yeah. can't be that bad because they're pretzels. That's what, <laughs> right. see how I, this is what I say to myself. Exactly, yes. I just I just love, love, love what you guys do. Thank you. And Thank I you highly recommend it to you listeners. Like it is so good. And we'll I put a link. It to the website in our show notes as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Well, Terry, thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you guys. This is a treat. You me. made this easy, quite yes, honestly. You did. I literally just had a couple lists of stories and just wind you up and let you go, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. It's been a treat being here. I'm very honored that you asked me because I know this show means a lot to me. And, I, and like, oh. can I tell you why real quick? Please. It's because you had a vision for it and you took off and did it. And it's nowhere near what it'll be. Mm. Not yet. And I'm amazed at the people. I'm not amazed that you get them to talk to you. I'm amazed at what you bring out of people. It's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for asking. 
friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.